Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Court to Corporate podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, it is Tuesday, December 17th, as you're listening to this. It's kind of weird. The year is like actually over. I feel like I ignore that it is until we're into the teens of the month. But we're winding down, which also means we're like wrapping up year one of the podcast, which is super crazy. Started in March, I think we're 20, this is 27, the 27th episode. So yeah, definitely going to do like a recap or something. We just highlighted so many people across so many industries, so many different sports, um, coming from different schools, backgrounds. So that is going to happen in the works on my to-do list. Um, to highlight before this year ends. So ringing off the quick updates. So last Thursday was the Sports Business Journal's 30 Under 30 event or New Voices Under 30 event in the city. My family was in town. The night was unreal. I mean, talk about inspiring all around. The energy in the room, meeting the other awardees, all the families that were there, other people in the sports industry that were all there to help us celebrate. I could go on and on, but it was so cool. Like when the award was announced, um, I I think that's one thing, but to actually be there and, you know, hear your name called, it's like, okay, wow, like this is actually happening. So once again, such a surreal moment um, and honor to be selected to the first class, the inaugural class of Sports Business Journal's New Voices Under 30. It's one of those moments um, that it's like, this is why you do what you do. And as I always used to say and joke dramatically with my teammates, this is why we play. (laughs) So um, yeah, it was was just a great and very special night, something I'll always remember. And I'm actually looking at the agenda and flyer from the evening, and I just wanted to name some of the companies that um, some of the other awardees are from, because I don't think I did this. Um, when I first mentioned the award a few weeks ago. So just to name a few things. So obviously there's some people from the league side. There's MLS, NBA, team side. I see the Dolphins, the Rockets, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Brooklyn Nets, um, Phoenix Suns. Um, You also see esports and gaming as well. There's Immortals Gaming Club, Sebastian Parks from the Houston Rockets, as I just mentioned. He actually oversees all of their esports efforts. He's the VP of gaming there. Um, And some entrepreneurs. So there's Buster Share, who's the founder of Hoops Nation and the Buster Show. And then also Zach, the founder of Overtime and many, many others. But of course, I accidentally on purpose found the other athletes in the room. Um, To name two, there might be some others. I'm going to do my digging again. But Hillary Ash, she is working on Los Angeles 2028. 
Um, seems so far away, but um, obviously the Olympics there. And she played volleyball at UPenn. And then Marie Margolius, she works at ESPN, and she actually played soccer at Harvard. So we overlapped for one year. My goal um, is to get them on the podcast ASAP. So that is on the 2020 to-do list. The actual issue will be coming out in January, so top of 2020. Um, Of course, looking forward to that. It's going to have more information on the class. It'll have our interviews um, and kind of put the bow on top of everything. So we'll be keeping an eye out and we'll share when that's out. Okay, on to today's guest. So I'm going to go bold here and say this might be one of the best ones yet, but I don't know. You have to tell me after you listen. So today joining us is Isaac Sarwanga. He was a three-sport athlete at Princeton, football, basketball, track. Today he is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, a consultant, and a TEDx-featured motivational speaker. Check him out. So we hear it all the time. Your network is your net worth. And you really think with how much importance and emphasis and honestly pressure that we put on networking today, that there would be just an abundance of resources and curriculum and information available that I could go to, that you could go to, to figure out how to learn a network, a networking 101. If it is really that thing that people say will get you from point A to point B, I know that I would have at least loved to see this treated in line with all the other skill sets that were taught to build and, and value today. So today's guest, Isaac, has identified that gap and has built a platform, business, and brand grounded all in the art of networking. He is the author of How to Network in College and today delivers workshops and presentations to college students and young professionals on, you guessed it, how to network. So the reason I say this might be the best one yet is that this one is literally free game that he's sharing and talking to us about today. He's talking about why your network is currency, what your social capital is and how to use it, his three pillars of networking and the networking tree. You might want to get a pen out for that segment or use your phone notes. And lastly, he's sharing how he's applying all that he preaches to build his success in entrepreneurship. So check this one out. I would actually get out a pen and paper. I honestly did when I played it back for the first time. So as always, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, share this episode on the gram with my personal favorite Spotify, or send it directly to a teammate. We just want this podcast in more athletes' ears, and we appreciate your support along the way. So with all of that said, enjoy this conversation, and we will see you next week. Awesome. So today we have Isaac Sarwanga on joining us, best-selling author, consultant, TEDx featured motivational speaker. Isaac, thank you for joining us. Kirby, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm excited about today's episode. We are talking about networking, networking, networking. This is your expertise. It's what you do. Um, And I know we quickly swapped our podcast and um, or I guess your TED Talk, my podcast, um, right before this. And I watched the, the main one on your end. And two things that I took out of your um, TEDx feature was first, that networking is a skill set. It's not just something that happens. Um, it is in line with all of your other technical skill sets. And then the second one was that relationships are currency. And when I was watching that, I was like, this really just sets up what I feel like we'll dive into today. Um, but let's start with you. 
Um, before we get into the networking and, and how you got to where you are now and teaching others about this art, as you call it, how about you just tell us about your background and journey to where you are now? Absolutely. Absolutely. First and foremost, Kevin, thank you again for having me on. Uh, this podcast is, you know, like you said before, um, you have some incredible guests here. But I guess to get into my story, I would start with uh, um, I went to Princeton University. So don't hold it against me. I, I know we have Harvard. <laughs> yeah. OK. All right. Just check it. Um, Princeton University graduated in 2013. Um, undergrad was an incredible experience, shaped me, molded me in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, obviously, as a student athlete, um, football and track and field were my main sports, but um, ended up walking onto the basketball team my senior year. Um, and I say that to say that, um, you know, being a student athlete was a, a very large um, part of, of my college experience. Um, just by the people that you meet. And, you know, I think you might feel the same way that you know, I, I played three sports, but it was almost like I joined three families. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, yep. It's just it's, it's something that, that lasts forever. But um, from there, graduated in 2013 and graduated unemployed. And that was kind of the eye opener for me. Um, didn't really have a vision of where I wanted to go. And and wanted to make sure that, um, you know, my next step would be great, but I had no idea what that would be. So, you know, the next, you know, a little less than a year kind of was scrambling and trying to figure out what that was for me. And, um, you know, we're talking about, we'll jump into networking, but that was like my focus uh, after graduation, just listening to people's stories um, and really getting a, a sense of self at the same time of, understanding what my next step would be. So uh, long story short, ended up working in uh, college and athletics back at Princeton University and um, absolutely enjoyed my time there. Uh, Created a a program with a good friend of mine uh, called Profound Ivy. And the, the purpose of that program was to essentially teach student athletes everything that I did wrong, right? Like, hey, man, like, you're in it right now, but there's some steps that you, you, you don't want to miss in terms of building relationships and making sure that your next step is your best step. So that was one of the things that kind of pushed me towards my passion of what I do today in terms of building community, building relationships, speaking with people, and, uh, and informing and inspiring, obviously. So um don't know how much you want me to jump into the uh, into the story. I want to I want to no. make sure I'm, I'm I'm on point here. No, that was perfect, and I think it's amazing how Inform and Inspire fits right into your story, and it is what you do today. So we'll get into um, the details and the networking and everything. But can you actually just wrap this part up with telling us the story behind Inform and Inspire? Yes. So. Inform and Inspire, uh, I founded this organization three years back. Um, And essentially, uh, what we do is um, deliver workshops and presentations to um, college and young professional audiences. Uh, And it started really on Princeton's campus with, with Profound Ivy. It was one of those things where 
I was able to pay attention to this idea that um, this networking as a skill set is, is an important quality that a lot of young people are not necessarily missing, but they understand that it's important in today's day and age. So I wanted to really jump in on that and say, you know what, what if I can turn this into something that um, is almost like a curriculum that can mm-hmm. be built out um, for people to really understand and, and get. And I think the, the other part too, the reason why it's inform and inspire is, um, you know, information by itself is a bit dead today. You know, information is kind of always floating out there, but I think feel like the inspirational part is kind of what gives it that kick and allows people to take action with that. So um, try to put the two together and, and creatively push. So Inform and Inspire is, is something that, you know, I try to live by, but, you know, we've been, you know, talking to anywhere from high school kids up to young professionals now for the last three years. And it's, it's been an incredible entrepreneurial journey, I call it. Love it. So casually mentioned before this that you were a three-sport Division One athlete. I know you walked onto the basketball team your senior year, but talk to us about this and what that yeah. experience was like. Like, how are you bouncing, um, I guess, a year-round schedule? Um, and I guess some sports are year-round, but you're hopping from one to the next to the next. How was that for you? It was incredible. I think, um, I think as any student athlete would know, you feed off of um, a couple things. You feed off of uh, your competitive nature, and you also feed off of family. And I think that's what actually sports represents. It's it's being in an environment that pushes you to be your best self and, and allows you to kind of take that competitive edge everywhere you go. Um, you know, some, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but as a, you know, Harvard Hooper, you understand that you got to compete just as hard on the on the court as you do in the classroom, right? And it's, it's one of those things that, that kind of just builds you. So for me, it was cool. Track and field, football, um, and basketball were, were places where I built incredible friendships. I think as far as the time management and things are uh, concerned, I look back at it and I do kind of think like, man, you, you were doing a lot. But it was, it was amazing. It was amazing for me. I'm sure. Um, must be nice to have three families that you stepped into. I think that's a very special experience. Um, so Profound Ivy, I know this has now evolved into Inform and Inspire, and you mentioned that a lot of this was rooted in your personal experience as a student athlete, things that you wish you had done or you wish you had, um, realized the importance of during, during your four years. Can you share more on what led you to personally realizing the importance of networking? Like for you, what was that turning point? turning point that um helped you actualize on this yeah i think yeah so networking when i look at it really simply is building relationships and understanding that wherever you're trying to go people will help you get there and it was something that early on i never really focused on because it wasn't something that was pushed forth like you don't walk into college and someone says hey here's networking one-on-one like you need to build relationships with people around you it's just something that intuitively some students grasp and others don't as well and when i kind of saw that there were students like me who didn't necessarily understand that yet i kind of reflected on it and said man this is important like everywhere you go 
any professional opportunity you want to create, um, you know, there's studies that now show over 70% of individuals when you step into your job, your first job, um, that's through relationships. That's through wow. networking. So it's, it's something 70%. that you kind of look at and go, <laughs> right. It's, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So um, for me, as I was studying more and researching more and, you know, my background was sociology. So when I, when I got into that aspect and actually got to study that, um, I liked the practical side of it, right? It's not something where, you know, sometimes when you learn a topic, it's like kind of in the sky. But when I talk about networking, I'm saying any real goal that you're thinking about, any professional move that you're trying to make, um, there's going to be a person at some pit stop that's going to help you get there. So these are the, the practical uh, tools to help you do that. Of course. So walk us through your journey with this. What, like, how did you begin to act on this um, in terms of building your path to where you are now? So wrapping up your four years at Princeton to starting your workshop to starting Inform and Inspire, like what role has this played in your personal journey? Oh man, it's been huge. It's been incredibly huge. I think the first step, um, if I can go back, the first step for me was um, becoming an author and writing um, my book, How to Network in College in 2016. That gave me an opportunity to really build a platform um, that made um, my networking and where I went forward uh, very clear for me. Um, but as far as networking goes in my journey, it's been one of those things where um, I personally learned that if you can take the time to listen to someone else's story, uh, invest the time to find ways that you provide value to them, um, in the long run, it always comes back to you usually tenfold. And that's like a very simple principle, but it's, it's something that can be overlooked over and over again. So once I started to apply that, um, it was one of those things that I was applying, but then I was teaching at the same time and it was just building from there. And, um, the first place that I went after leaving Princeton, writing the book and, and starting out was actually, you know, going back to networking. The first place that actually, um, said, Oh my God, this is valuable information was my, uh, high school. Uh, my high school, uh, I sent them a book. They loved it. And they actually purchased, uh, a book for every student at the school, which was like mind blowing for me. And that was the beginning that kind of let me see that there was something there uh, and allowed me to find my niche and, and, and kind of push from there. Definitely a snowball effect. So with that, I, I think um, why I'm definitely excited to talk about this today is I think this topic is especially important for student athletes. Um, I think it's a testament to your journey um, and then also how this actually started with Profound Ivy and that being customized towards the student athlete experience. Um, but when I unpack this a little bit, um, I think it's special because often as you see and what we hear and why we're having these conversations is in the absence of work experience or in the process of bouncing athletic commitments it's important for athletes to think about how they can use relationship building to close the, close the gap on that opportunity, right? Um, so, what what were what are some of the specific tactics that you think are important for athletes to apply when they think about maximizing their four years? Like, why is that time frame specifically important? 
That's a great question. I think, you know, the first thing that I would say in the, the phrase that comes to mind is the power of social capital, right? Uh, as a student athlete, you got to recognize that you are the face in many, in many cases of your university, right? When alums come back and they're so excited to, to attend a game or they, they want to wear their, you know, their orange pride or their crimson pride, they, 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 they have pride in that. They're usually coming back and the first question they ask is, what's the homecoming game? What's the event? Who are we playing, right? So when you're a student athlete, you have to understand that your social capital at the beginning is powerful. Like you have a lot of it, right? You might not have money or capital yet, but you have social capital. So what do you do with that? Can you unpack, um, can you unpack social capital? Well, I studied sociology yeah. too. So when you said yeah. sociology, my eyes lit up. I was like, yeah, sociology squad. But can you, right. can you unpack like what is social capital and why is it important? Yes, yeah, social capital as a student athlete. Social capital is, honestly, when you really break it down, it's that people know you without you giving too much effort. That's literally it. Just by what you do, you have visibility around. There's an there's a equation that I use a lot, and it's C plus V equals O. And that's credibility plus visibility equals opportunity. And all that's saying right now, as a, as a student athlete, you have that V locked down. Like your visibility is there when you want to reach out to individuals just by way of you doing what you do, you have a brand around you. Um, but the next step is then how do you use that? There was a, um, I'm thinking of a student athlete, Jake. He was, uh, he's, a, he's currently at Cal Berkeley. He's a offensive tackle and, um, we're doing a presentation for the Cal Berkeley student athletes last year. And a long story short, Jake comes back to me half a year later. And he's like, man, I remember you were talking to us about social capital and networking. And I'm, I'll be honest with you. Like I had a lot on my plate and nothing really made too much sense at the time, but I came back to it and I realized what you were saying. And I, and I started a podcast. So what Jake did was he started a podcast. This is an undergrad at Cal. He started a podcast that he would release every Saturday that they played. Wow. And the podcast was around um, talking to individuals like myself and others. And he's just asking them about their story and their journey. And I was like, man, that's brilliant. That's literally networking because everyone that you interview, first of all, that's going all the way out everyone's going to see that. And secondly, that's how you build relationships. So that's one example of taking advantage of, uh, of social capital. Shout out to all my sociology majors. Yes. Shout out to all of us. <laughs> um, something interesting there, I think even with networking or, or building that credibility, it's almost like you're able to take onus of putting yourself in the spaces that you want to be in. Right. So for example, with Jake, um, not sure exactly if there's a specific industry that he wanted to be in or people that he was trying to reach with his podcast, but you can think about the different ways that you can be strategic and who you're reaching out to or how you're trying to build these relationships to build your credibility in specific spaces. So that's such a great example. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's super important. So with that said, what, what are the 
key pillars of networking or the three bones of networking that you often come back and tell recent graduates, current students, current students, student athletes about? Um, can you just break down those three pillars for us? Absolutely. Um, put simply, wishbone, jawbone, backbone, right? Three bones of, of, of networking when you think about it. And, you know, you always want to, I'm someone who loves, I love simplicity. I love breaking things down. So it's, it's something that's memorable and it gives you an action step. So when I say wishbone, um, if any college student that's listening was like me, we have to understand what direction we're going, like what we want. It's really difficult to network and, and build relationships that are going to help you in, in the way in which you want to if you don't have an idea of which way you're going. So it's almost like the idea of help me help you, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's a simple principle, but it's understanding like there's going to be opportunities for you to build relationships, but you have to first tell people the direction that you're headed. Uh, and that's just kind of simple with the wishbone aspect. And, um, you know, so many student athletes kind of sit down and, they want to be aggressively looking at where I should go, but haven't yet taken the time for, you know, that self-exploration process. Uh, jawbone, the, the jawbone aspect is, is, is simply, there's two aspects to that, and that's um, how you're communicating. And one of the things that I, I push on, and I, I think it's so powerful when you build relationships, is humility, right? If you're stepping into situations and um, you have, the humility to ask questions, to hear someone else's story, uh, and to learn things, sometimes even learn things that you already knew, but just for the sake of the relationship, you're learning and you're allowing people to pour into you, uh, you're going to build a stronger network than, than those who uh, think they know more than they, than they do. Uh, and that's just an important you know, pillar to always remember. Um, and then that last, that last bone is backbone and it, it's simply put is it, it's going to be a long journey and there's a lot of no's that happen in networking like a dropped email will happen someone will miss your call someone will say they'll help you in a situation and they won't help you and for for many college students or young professional student athletes um that first no burns and for many times if it drops we don't pursue networking again. We say, man, I, I reached out in this way and I thought it was going to, you know, convert, but nothing converted. And then it takes away from us going and building more relationships. But the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help. Uh, but we have to be aggressive and going out and, and, and building those relationships and understanding that a lot of things are going to fall through the cracks, but that's okay. We can't take things personal and we have to just kind of keep going forward. Of course. Can we talk about the first pillar of wishbone and essentially just knowing what you want, being intentional, being able to communicate that? What, I mean, for, for people that are underclassmen or, um, or, or, or I guess for people that are still even looking for how to even find that why, how do you suggest that they either leverage relationships or resources in the beginning to 
even begin to identify that first pillar. It's kind of like a chicken and the egg type of thing. Like you want to reach out to people mm-hmm. to figure out what you want to do, but you also want to be intentional. So how do you strike that balance? I would give them a sheet of paper, right? And with that sheet of paper, give them a pen. And this is what I call the networking tree. And at the top of that piece of paper, there's two things that you'd fill in. The the, the two things that you'd fill in is one, um, an industry that you're thinking about. Just whatever comes to mind at the beginning. A lot of us kind of have an idea of a direction that we want to go. We haven't stamped it as that's the way, but we have an idea. Write that down. The second industry that you want to put down is something that maybe might be off course, but that you've thought about might be completely different. Maybe there's something in you where you're an engineer and you've been studying this, but you've always in the back of your mind wanted to be a musician, or you thought, man, I was really good at videography, or there's something that was different there. So you want to have two industries that you're thinking about, one that's pretty practical to you, and then one that you might have had a dream that you've never written down on paper, right? And this is something that I'd I'd go through with students. After you get those two down, under each industry, write down four companies that fit under that industry, mm-hmm. right? Just four companies. So if it's, hey, I, I've been thinking about, you name it, engineering. I've been thinking about, you know, you know the finance industry, whatever it is. Then let's get into the details just a little bit. Four, it, four companies that are within that industry. And these can be, if you broke it down to four, I would say pick two that are the top two companies, and then pick two that maybe it's, hey, that's, that's a company that's near my hometown, or that's the company that I've been thinking about, or that's the company that's, I don't know, international, whatever it is. Four companies under the industry. From there, you're starting to build out a tree of ideas, right? Now, under those companies, the next thing that you want to think about is now you have something to research in those companies. Mm-hmm. What are the departments in those companies? What do they do? Right. Have a have a breakdown of what the departments are in those companies, those organizations and what they do. Now, the crazy part about this little exercise is it sounds so simple. But when you do it, because you start to think about your own, it's like self excavating. You're like, well, maybe I don't know. And that's when the beauty comes out of it. At the end of that, once you kind of go from the top and go down. So your industries, companies departments within the company. The next literal thing to do is obviously, you know, if you're a college student, you should be on LinkedIn already. But LinkedIn is incredible. Now you can literally search, cross search, who went to my school. Yeah. <laughs> you can be company. so specific. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane yeah. how, how, how particular you can get with this exercise in terms of, okay, this was an alum at my school who went and worked at this company. You know, they've been out of school for eight years. Now, now I want to reach out to them. And this is the part that we want to focus on. I just want to reach out and get their story. I don't want to ask for an internship. I don't want to ask for anything. I want to reach out to them and say, hey, this is something I've been thinking about. Could we set aside time where I could hear your story? What got you there? Um, so that would be, I think that's an exercise. If you didn't know where to start, if you're like clueless, 
uh, a, a pen and a sheet of paper is, is how you uh, is how you start and the networking tree can help you kind of start your process. It will take you a long way just getting things down and talking through it. So I would love to relate everything that we just talked about back to your entrepreneurial journey. You mentioned you started Inform and Inspire, I think three years ago. Um, but yeah. let's talk about um, how how you've been able to act on your what was an idea um, from a concept at your alma mater to making this a platform and expanding the reach of Inform and Inspire and having your own book and being on being on TED Talks, right? Like how how have you grown um, what your personal brand is along with your platform and Inform and Inspire? Yeah, that's a that's a a great question. I think you know something that comes to mind is um, as simple as it sounds is two P's: passion and persistence. Right. I think when um, the beauty of the work that I was able to do with Profound Ivy was that it allowed me to uh, indirectly figure out that I had a talent in an area. I never really thought about me as a speaker, but I realized that that was something that intuitively came to me. It was something that I enjoyed and I had this, this, this skill set of connecting with people and allowing information to really hit where they say, oh, I got you. Like, I, I hear where you're coming from. Okay, I'm going to do this. And for me, I never, you don't think of that as a job. You don't think of that. There's no title around that, but that's the passion part. The, the other aspect that I would think about is obviously persistence is just, you know, anyone who's thinking about any entrepreneurial journey, uh, there's a mindset that you have to have that you're creating and everything is on you. There's, there's really no safety. It's everything is on you in terms of creating, building relationships and providing value to, you know, the people, the organizations, the universities, anywhere that you're trying to go, you just want to provide more value than they've ever seen. And that will give you even a shot at, at doing something. Um, but the other part that, that, you know, as I reflect on my own journey would be that I think I saw a need for it. Um, and I saw that there was an opportunity for me to create a niche of this is an experience that I've had. And it's something that I could talk uh, passionately about and also be well informed. It's, it's almost, you know, for me, Inform and Inspire is kind of the growth of me being able to share my story with those who are maybe just a few steps behind so that it's relatable uh, and that it hits and that we can continue to spread the message. So I guess, you know, for, for a listener, for, for someone who's kind of finding their own journey, I would always, I'd always push to, to intuitively, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're studying, always pay attention to the natural gift that you have, right? If you're someone with friends, if there's a natural thing that you do well, always pay attention to that and try to put yourself in a position where you can express that in some way, because in the long haul, it'll, it'll come back to you in a good way. Of course. Um, I think it's really interesting to think about going back to that credibility plus visibility equals opportunity equation. And as, as you were mentioning that Jake popped back up in my head and how he <laughs> made good old Jake, um, he put himself in the position to make the podcast so he could be a part of 
whatever X conversation he wanted to be in, um, you were able to start something to indirectly figure out the skill set that you had. Um, And I think, as you just mentioned, it's so important to just take um, inventory of indirect skill sets you may have, what your friends go to you for, what people, what you see people frequently complimenting you on, like all those little things matter because they're all your platform. Um, Absolutely. For sure. So let's, let's wrap up um, with just advice um, and entrepreneurship and how you're seeing athletics tie through that mindset aspect of it. So you mentioned persistence and consistency are key. Um, what, what about that motivation that you mentioned in the very beginning from being a three sport athlete is playing to your advantage today. And what other advice do you have for athletes that are interested in entrepreneurship? Well, you know, for me, I look at speaking as my fourth sport. Uh, it's something that's allowed me to continue to be passionate about something and pour that into into the people that, uh, you know, that I've been in contact with and, and as we continue to grow. Uh, and I mentioned that because I think every athlete, uh, college athlete wants a form, some, some form of that, whether you're working corporately or whether you're an entrepreneur, whatever field you're in, the work that you're looking for is to, to find ways to express still the competitive nature of who you are. Uh, and if you could find that within your work, then you're putting yourself in a position to, to pour in and really um, separate yourself, to be quite honest. Right. Uh, so I think the, the thing that you mentioned and I've mentioned before today is I think it's a theme that's coming back to it is be, be, be aware of who you are. Like be aware of your, of your talent and your skill set. Um, and that's going to kind of guide you intuitively where you go you can't go wrong if you understand where your strengths are and try to pour and and lean on that all right thanks for listening into this episode in the meantime we want to hear from you stay connected leave us a comment on apple podcast dm us or contact us on our website whatever is easiest we want to know your feedback and what questions you have Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.